You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We are down in Las Vegas uh, covering all the biggest tech trends and gadgets that will be coming out this year and for years to come. It's it's back. Uh, it's not at the same level as pre-pandemic. I think there's just over 100,000 people here for the show, but uh, over 3,000 exhibitors and a lot of cool uh, tech, especially when it comes to mobile tech. Yeah, it's... Uh it's a little different layout. We got one of the halls is no no longer with us, but they've added the big West Hall, which we saw last year, and um, and of course you know multiple venues for all of the special events that we go to. Uh- Let's start somewhere, John. Uh, so, you know, we do cover the world of apps, and smart TVs are full of uh, apps. Uh, Roku is one of the leaders in smart TV interfaces. Uh, a lot of the big TV brands, especially the Chinese brands, uh, John, uh, like TCL and Hisense, they actually uh, kind of hard-bake the Roku smart TV system uh, in. But really interesting announcement, John. Roku is going to be making their own televisions, which I, I thought... A little strange yeah but it makes sense they i mean they they have much more control over the whole experience then and it you know they're getting into content development they had that uh weird owl movie which was great yeah um, um so it makes sense that they want to do all the different things related so they've uh, announced 11 different models both hd and 4k uh, ranging in size from 24 inch to 75 inch so uh, that's roughly about 160 bucks all the way up to 1300 canadian for the 75 inch so they're not really going after the the high-end market kind of more the value market I think. yeah because that's that was what my first thing isn't tcl and and hisense going to be kind of choked that they're competing against you yeah. know what they're probably using those guys to make their tvs probably yeah yeah they're all doing fine but uh yeah it'll be interesting to see uh you know how many of those will come to uh, canada but uh, we will uh, keep on top of that uh the samsung tvs that's always a big story down here at the consumer electronics show they're always trying to push the latest uh, tvs uh they have uh, a new feature for their television samsung tv plus which uh, is a giant library of, uh, I guess, online and digital TV channels and yeah. content. Free. Yeah. It's free. And, yeah. and if you have a Samsung TV, even if it's a couple years old, you probably already have this app installed. And I took a look at it. It's pretty good. Yeah. Looks like a giant TV guide. Yeah, pretty much. That tries to yeah, I mean, it's, amalgamate all the, it, the various it, it, content. It just feels like it's all over the map kind yeah. of thing. So I, I haven't really latched onto it. Like we mentioned previously, I'm all about the Pluto TV right now. Um, so a lot of channels now, a lot of free channels, uh, but with ad- advertising. Yeah. And we were all kind of laughing, right? It's kind of like, oh, television, yeah. the way it used to be. Cable television. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. You know, obviously Samsung, uh, they're one of the biggest TV sellers in North America here and so obviously they're trying to find ways to make their TVs uh, more appealing and more value uh, you know if you purchase them they're not the cheapest TVs no you can get cheaper Chinese TVs like from the TCLs and and high senses yeah TCL number two and it's so funny a lot of people still don't know who TCL I know is yeah they think it's TLC yeah the channel with the reality TV shows (laughs) Uh, no, they're still they're still kicking out uh, TV. They're coming out with a 98 inch TV. Yeah, 
Yeah. They have a huge booth here. Yeah. Yeah. But a 98-inch TV. Like, I, I remember when, like, 70-inch TVs came out, an 80-inch. I'm like, who's going to get that? Yeah. And now I think I have a 70-inch TV in my home. <laughs> but I just wonder what size can you not get the, the TV, like, around a corner or upstairs anymore? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they're big and awkward for sure. Yeah. yeah. Although they don't weigh much, which is nice. Uh, something interesting, though, that Samsung's doing as well is that uh, they're, they're really acknowledging, uh, you know, different uh, types of disabilities. Um, one of them, colorblindness. I'm colorblind. Yes. And so they've got a feature on uh, some of the newer TVs that can adjust the color t- for colorblind people. This is something we've seen in some video games. Yeah. Allows you to change the color pat or the color scheme for the game to to compensate for color blindness. I so my question to them, and he couldn't really answer because he's not colorblind, the, the Samsung yeah. spokesperson. I'm colorblind. I don't know any better. Like yeah. it's if they had to change the colors to help me see the right colors, I'm just imagining that would kind of look weird. I haven't had a chance to try it out yet, obviously. No. no. But I'm going to. So the other thing that they came out with, uh, it sounds like they've been working on it for quite a while, Reluminos. It's a Harry Potter spell. It is. Yeah. And it's for people with low vision. And what it does is it changes, it's almost like a filter for your television that changes everything to be much higher contrast, a little bit more um, uh, outlined things so that if you're looking at a, an, a, a, a video and you have low vision, you have a little bit more um, uh, high, higher visibility of certain shapes and objects. Uh, objects and things like that. And so they had some really interesting side-by-side comparisons with it. And it looks like they also have glasses that you can buy that will do the same kind of thing. So it's not just for television content. It, it's for like the real world, which is really cool. Yeah, I, you know, they, they show demos of it. I mean, if, if you're not low vision, it looks a little weird. Yeah. But I can see, I, I, I try to blur my eyes. Yeah. And yeah, I could get a sense of how that would make it easier to see scenes and objects. Like they're showing like flowers and people walking. It's, especially when they're like backlit by the sun and stuff like yeah. that. So it's a little, you know, foggy or blurry for sighted people. You can only imagine how hard it would be to see some of that detail if you have vision impairment problems. Uh, and so this is a really interesting take, and it looks like it's just going to be built into Samsung TVs, as well as the glasses that they have, which is kind of like almost like welding glasses, yeah. but it allows you to see better than you could with no glasses. Another interesting thing uh, I've been noticing, John, wireless TVs. Yeah, and at first I was like, what does that mean? Because, you know, okay, it has Wi-Fi. No, it means there's no cables of any kind. Well, they still, like, Samsung and LG have some, but they still have to have power. Sort of. Yeah. Um, they have a box that you plug all your stuff into, and then it wirelessly, wirelessly transmits to the panel itself. And in some cases, there's literally just a USB cable from that box to the TV. The box has a power cable. Yeah. You have to plug into the wall, and then has like your HDMI ports and that type of thing. But yeah, it's it's an interesting. A lot of people are going for the aesthetics of having no wires or much more simplified wiring than previous. Yeah, I mean these things aren't cheap either. No, they're not. No, 
but we'll start seeing more of that. You know, on, on Get Connected, we talked about Displace, uh, a TV company that truly has no wires. There's batteries in the TV. Yeah. And you can literally hang this thing on anything. Yeah. Like glass, like a window. Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting idea. I, I think we're both a little skeptical of the battery life. And they the say, factor. yeah, they say that it'll last all day, but then you're charging batteries all the time trying to keep this thing going, right? Versus just drilling a hole in oh, the wall. and We can't watch TV because the batteries are dead. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be very popular. I mean, it would look great. Yeah. I suspect it's not really meant for the consumers, per se, as opposed to like a, a retail or a, even a trade show kind of aesthetic. No, exactly. We are going to have to take a break now. When we come back, there's a lot more mobile tech we're going to be talking about today on the app show, uh, including uh, some folding rolling screens and also new glasses from TCL that are supposed to be the next I guess iteration of augmented reality. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. We will be back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here in Las Vegas at CES covering all the latest tech trends and gadgets coming out in the next year and coming years. Uh, Let's talk some more mobile tech, John. Uh, Lenovo has announced a new Yoga 9i laptop. And this is kind of an interesting laptop. It's basically two screens that fold together. And so there's a number of different ways you can use this. You can turn one of the screens into a keyboard, like a touchscreen keyboard. Uh, You can also have just a regular portable keyboard with you as well and use both of the screens as like a giant screen. Yeah, it's kind of like a giant Samsung Fold. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So, there, I mean, like you said, there's lots of different ways to use it. Um, I'm a little skeptical about using one of the screens as a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> how gross is that going to be? Eh? Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And how durable is that? Obviously, they've tested it. To yeah. Uh, again, there's literally a product for every person at CES. There's all these niche products that um, I, I think they're trying to find an audience. Yeah, and that's that's the thing though, John. Like many of these will never see the light of day. Yeah. Like they're, they're just testing for a, a response from people like us, what we think about it, what the average person thinks about it, and is this something they should pursue? Uh, Samsung also showed off a prototype uh, called their Samsung Flex Hybrid, and this was kind of a a, f- a folding phone, so the screen folded. And then you could also pull out a rolling, like a rollable screen as well. Right. To like totally extend the screen space. <laughs> it, it's like that, you know, those t- t- kitchen table or dining room tables. Oh yeah, yeah, where you could extend. You, you drop in the the big hunk of wood in in between. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's just like that. But I mean, it looks super cool. It does, yeah. But you know, that's the interesting thing. Like, how well are those folding phones doing? Samsung says they're doing well. They've got the two models, the Fold and the Flip. I believe the Flip is doing much better. It is, but I I have to say, I've actually seen quite a few of both the Fold and the Flip in the real world. You have? I have. I've seen yeah. a lot of Flips. I haven't seen a lot of Folds. No, I've seen a handful of Folds as well. Yeah. Yeah. And... No, they're, and still not thick, just they're still thick, though. That's the problem, right? They are, yeah. So you have to be committed to, to carrying that around with you. Yeah. But some people seem to love it. Uh... This next thing, I, it's a simple thing, but it kind of impressed me. Uh, 
we're always having to charge our devices, right? Well, uh, there's this uh, company called Urbanista. They make uh, earbuds and headphones, and they've come out with a few different models where they can use solar power to recharge them. So they have this over-the-ear headset, and the band is like a solar panel. Yeah, apparently there's like 90 hours of battery life in the in the headset. Yeah. And basically, the solar can just charge it with ambient light. Of course, it's better if you're outside, um, but if you're just walking around you're always charging your battery, which is kind of cool. That's amazing. And they have little earbuds, and the earbud container ha- case has a solar panel on it as well. So you just leave it laying out, and it's recharging the case. Yeah, I just wonder how often you leave them out, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we're going to try them. Yeah. They gave us some, so... <laughs> I know, but I just love that. Like That, I, I think, is a cool idea. I mean, same thing that Samsung did, uh, and we talked about this last year, their remote controls for some of their TVs. Yes, yeah. have a little solar thing built into it, so you don't ever have to replace the batteries in them anymore. Yeah, th- th- it's a kind of a genius idea. Yeah, like how, how many times are you like scrambling to find those little AAA batteries when the TV remote dies? And then you're scavenging them from some other remote, hoping that you don't have to use that device for for a while, essentially. Yeah. It, we've got that battery buddy or daddy or whatever the thing is, that big case full of batteries. Me? Yeah. 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 I know, but I hate filling it. It's just, <laughs> you know what I'm doing now? I'm going all rechargeable. So as I'm running out of like just regular batteries, I'm just buying rechargeable ones. You know who has really good rechargeables? Who? Ikea. Really? Yeah. And they're pretty inexpensive. Yeah, I've been buying the Amazon Basics ones. Yeah. I mean, it's probably all the same company. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping... My, I've had to educate the family. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Don't throw them away? Yeah. And you know half of them are going to get thrown away. Because the rechargeable ones are a lot more money. Yeah. So I'm just hoping to God that the message gets through. My wife's tired of me telling her don't throw these away she's like i know (laughs) you shouldn't throw any batteries away you should recycle them anyways i know do you think people recycle them though i I would say that most people don't Mm, i don't know no it's how you can get fires too if you don't dispose of batteries properly that is true uh lg also um was showing off these special earbuds uh john called the lg breeze i don't know if you've seen these they monitor your brain waves no, I didn't see that. <laughs> and um, and they can then um, send you sounds and music to kind of calm you. Like so, they do sleep tracking for sure. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yes, but oh, I did they see also, these. but they also yeah. monitor you during the day as well. Yeah, because it can detect stress levels and things like that. And they can play uh, what is that ASMR? Yeah, sounds. What does that stand for again? I forget. Yes, but it's, anyways, it's just like these soothing sounds to to kind of carry you away <laughs> essentially but I, I mean we saw a lot of that we also saw some of these headbands that kind of did the same thing right there's a lot of headband and, and thing the funny thing is there's a lot of headbands here like on display but i'm seeing a lot of people walking around that aren't reps for that company that are just wearing them yeah so either they just got them for free or they literally wear them because it does work i don't know well one company saying that they could use it to alter brain waves i don't that's is that FDA approved? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That sounds ominous. And that's the challenge, though, John, with a lot of these health devices we're seeing. Um, someone's got to test them to make sure that they actually do what they're... What it says in the box. Yeah. yeah. 
like I mean, there's FDA approval. There's all sorts of other types of approvals out there. And, you know, that's a big thing. Like, you, we see a lot of these wearables, these smartwatches, you know, the Samsungs and LGs and the Pixels come out with, oh, it can measure, you know, it can do an AKG on you. It can me- measure blood pressure. But a lot of times it takes months, if not a year, for them to actually get approval for the watch to do that. Well, because in every, every country that they want to sell that device and they have to get approval. Yes, Otherwise, they can't say that on the box. Yeah. It, it, it still has the tech in it. They just can't turn it on for that country. It's kind of one good thing about Apple with their watch. When they announce something, like a new feature on the watch, like it actually, when they bring it to market, it, it works. It's already been vetted. Vetted yeah. and approved. Uh, whereas I think a lot of these other manufacturers sometimes just want to rush the tech out and they can't activate that tech because they haven't got the the health approvals on them yet yeah the health approvals don't line up with their uh, product announcements no no you are tuned in to the app show we are live in las vegas uh over two million square feet of uh tech exhibitors down here showing all their uh, latest wares and uh it's a tiring it's a tiring thing i'm getting two million in like- square feet and i have two very sore feet yes yes we need some of those exoskeletons that a lot of these manufacturers. We need one of those e-scooters to ride around in here. (laughs) Uh, We get kicked out pretty quick. I think so. Okay, when we come back, we've got more mobile tech to talk about, uh, including navigators, ones that you can wear around your neck or on your shoes to help you navigate to where you're going. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here, hanging out in Las Vegas, checking out all the coolest and craziest uh, gadgets uh let's just keep going john uh this was kind of an interesting one uh, pimento mattress topper where did you see this i didn't see this one so it works in conjunction with your apple watch and you know what a mattress topper is you yeah. stick it on your mattress and it actually can monitor um using the watch like heart rate and temperature and things like that and so it can actually change the temperature of the mattress topper up and down and in different zones depending on on your body. How does it cool it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I get the heating up part. Yeah, that, that part makes sense. And yeah. it, it actually sounds cool. Yeah. No pun intended. But anyway, I mean, again, there's all these crazy technologies. And yeah. will this see the light of day? I don't know. Or maybe this will be built into all mattress toppers in the next 10 years. You, you never know. If you can cool it down, I'm all for it. I saw some uh, weird navigation devices as well. So to navigate nowadays, we typically use our smartphone for that, whether it's in our hand and we're using that to find directions to where we're going in a, in a town or uh, through the smartphone connected to your car. So, you know, if you are walking around with your phone and you're using that as your navigation device, there's some companies that have found ways to to make it, I guess, easier without having you distracted and running into telephone poles, I guess. Or that you look like a tourist. Totally. Right. But now you're going to look like a weirdo. One of them is uh, called Luvik, and it's this kind of band you wear around your neck. (laughs) And it basically, through different uh, vibrations, will tell you to go left or right. 
that sounds weird. It is kind of weird. And there's another one. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, Asherays. Asherays. It's a little shoe tag you put on your shoes, and it kind of does the same thing. It vibrates. It vibrates. Huh. To tell you which direction to go. See, I like that better than the the neck thing. Or, or John, you get an Apple Watch if you've got an iPhone, and it will do it. True. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing I like about my Apple Watch. When I am driving somewhere and I'm using um, my my phone's navigation, uh, the Apple Watch will actually vibrate different vibrations depending whether it wants me to go left or right. It's kind of an extra yeah. safety feature, I find. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, there's a lot of robot delivery companies. A lot. More than you would imagine. Yeah. And so these are companies that are making these robots... I guess to deliver food or packages to people's homes and cities. I don't know if you've seen some of the videos online where these things go wrong. Where they get abused? Yes. Hit by cars? Hit by cars or uh, young people with time on their hands. It's like cow tipping. It's cow tipping, yeah. And then they just don't get up again. Uh, So this one company uh, called Autonomy, they've got a new Yeti, Yeti delivery robot that doesn't depend on humans at the other end. You can just kind of spit the package out. <laughs> Great. Good or bad, I don't know. Uh, and they also have uh, ones in airports now that can deliver food to your gate. Okay, I like that one. I, I would think that's very time sensitive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's no different than getting DoorDash or something. To your gate? Like, what if... Well, no. Do but, you know what I mean? But if you're at home... Yeah getting DoorDash. Yeah. You can just go to your gate and have a robot delivered to your gate instead well, I'm of... I'm talking in the airport. No, I know. Yeah. I get it. But it's time sensitive in the same sense as it is at home with DoorDash. No, you could go for hours. <laughs> You're still home. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I like that idea better. I think so. Uh, also, Paul Abdul was at... <laughs> At CES, you were quite excited. You got your picture taken with her. I got a nice picture with her, and she was lovely to chat with. She actually has her own line of audio eyewear. And can I tell you what's interesting? Celebrity works in some cases. Yes. Like, if you do a Google search for, you know, hot CES tech, she comes up. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like, no disrespect to her eyeglass line with speakers built into it. I don't know if that's lighting the world on fire from a technology standpoint. I don't think it's brand new technology. No, but we've seen this already. Yeah, but the thing is, it, it's fashion eyewear. And it sounds like she's had a, a, a... She was involved in the design process or the decisions of what designs you can have. It actually comes with pop-out lenses. So you can actually switch between clear or... like The clear is like a blue light one of those reflecting kind of uh, lenses, uh, but not prescription. Uh, or you can have sunglasses. And then you can also get prescription inserts as well. So it makes it easy to, to change the look of your glasses. Uh, I tried them on. The audio was was okay. They're not bone conducting. No, they're not. No. So, so it's actually like a little speaker in the arm. But it's surprisingly thin. Like I've seen some of these, these um, uh, speakers in a frame kind of thing. And they're usually quite bulky in the in the sidearms. This one has, wasn't too bad. It has two little magnetic, kind of like MagSafe clips for charging. 
Okay. So you charging via USB. They're called Idleware, right? Yeah. I wonder if there's any trademark <laughs> issues with that. Well. Well, I guess she's doing it. She, she, she's doing it, yeah. But they just launched at the show. And um, she was there, and she was very tiny. She's a very small woman. Yeah. And she was wearing, like, nine-inch heels, and she was still tiny. You think there's a big market for that, though? Yeah, I think... Sunglasses with speaker... Uh, well, I think the brand awareness and the fact that she's involved, there's a certain cachet to that, I think, for some people. They they do look very stylish. They, they say that they're... Um, they're unisex, but they really were more like the cat's eye sunglasses and that kind of style. So, kind of more women's style? Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess they'll probably be coming out with more different styles. But, I mean, you, you and I have the same problem. We both have jug heads. So, it's hard <laughs> to find sunglasses that, that don't pinch too much. I don't know if mine's a jug head. I'd say well, larger. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have a big brain. Yeah. Um, these glasses actually fit quite well. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I can never find glasses. It always looks like I have, like, small, <laughs> tiny glasses on my big head. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I didn't get a chance to try them. I've tried out other ones before. But my problem with the other ones I've tried before, again, to your point, they're too thick. Like, the, yeah. the arms. Do you know what I mean? It looks like you're wearing something weird. Yeah, absolutely. Like Google Glass or something else. And these these particular ones, there's no tap or buttons or anything. Like, it's, it, it's all on your phone. So... That was actually probably a good design choice because I think that's what bulks up these other ones. Some other interesting glasses uh, were announced by TCL. They announced three different ones, uh, a base model level that uh, have um, kind of screens in them. You can watch your favorite shows, I guess, like the equivalent of like a 120-inch screen like in the glass. Did you try these yet? I haven't tried them yet. Yeah, we'll have to go try it because their booth is actually really close to where we're recording the radio show. Uh, so that was interesting, but I've seen that before. It's been around like for 20 years, that technology. Yeah. Right? Epson had View, them. Yeah, Vuzix. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which are kind of right near us here as well. Uh, but then they have some AR glasses, John, that looked kind of interesting. And so I've tried AR glasses. Um, Focals by North, which yep. is a company that uh, I think got bought by Google. Yes. Yes. And then they folded the company. Yeah. So the idea there was uh, it had to pair with your phone, the glasses, and it had like a tiny little heads-up display in one of the lenses. And most of the ones that I've seen, I think Google Glass was the same, right? Yeah. You, you still have those. I do, yeah. And it's only in one lens. Yeah. And it's a tiny little yeah, display. Yeah, it's a, the smallest little LCD display. Well, these new TCL ones have it in both lenses. And it's much bigger now. And you can do navigation with them. So you can see right in the screen, you know, turn left here, turn right here. But a really interesting feature was a translation feature. Yes. And so they were showing a demo of that where someone uh, was speaking another language. Let's, let's just say it was uh, French. And as they were speaking, it was transcribing in real time. And the words were coming up on the screen. That blew me away. That is pretty cool. Because um, then you're like staring blankly at whoever's talking while you're reading the the display on your face. And I guess the problem is you can't talk back to them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> this is true. I understand, have those I understand what you're saying, but I can't tell you any, yeah. anything more. But no, I just, uh, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, are we there yet with that type of technology, like augmented reality? I don't think so. There certainly was a lot of augmented reality. I, I took a demo of the Magic Leap. Yeah. It's, you said it was good and... 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, mediocre. They made a big splash a few years ago because they got uh, like billions of dollars in funding, and they were making it sound like this was the second coming of you know all things AR, and I was kind of underwhelmed. Um, I've used uh, Microsoft's Hololens, and that blew me away. Yeah, the Magic Leap. I mean. They pivoted. They were originally going to be a consumer company, but now they've pivoted to more enterprise and for training and, and uh, like like university applications, that type of thing. And they did have some interesting demos. Like they were simulating a tabletop training program for the police and fire departments during a, a major incident. So you got to I got to pretend I was. Uh, overlooking the Hoover Dam and there was an explosion and I had to deploy my police department uh, forces, vehicles, people, all that kind of stuff and then they could run an animated simulation right Right around me. Right in front of you, through the glasses. Yeah. Did that look cool? Kinda. Okay. Yeah, my problem is after using like the Oculus, these glasses, because they're letting so much light in, it can be a little hard to see. Yeah. And you have a much smaller field of vision. You're tuned into the App Show. Mike and John here live in Las Vegas. When we come back, uh, a few more uh, cool tech trends and mobile gadgets. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Uh, So interesting, and I didn't know it would be so prevalent here, John. Uh, A lot of companies uh, showing off VR stuff. A lot. Not only headsets, but uh, a lot of companies that create VR worlds. And what was interesting is some of these companies are trying to make these virtual worlds feel more real. And because right now it's just kind of visual and audio. Yeah. So there's a, a number of companies here with various articles of clothing you wear that are synced to your virtual reality experience. So you have haptic feedback in the form of a vest or a shirt or pads that you wear and things like that. So Gloves. You're, so you're playing a game and you actually feel the the base or you feel the punches or you feel the you know the bullets or whatever uh on your on your body and it's all tied together um there's a lot of interesting experiences we've seen too like right out our door here there's a whole bunch of vr um uh i guess like simulation chairs if you will where you sit in them and they have all kinds of things on it to sort of help sell the vr thing like there's this one over there that has you know a chair you sit in and it kind of looks like a like you know a lazy boy chair, but there's like all these fans around it. So when you're like flying through the air, it's blowing wind on you, and I mean that really can help sell it because you're not seeing these fans, you're seeing whatever you're seeing in the VR world. Uh, so that's kind of cool. But I know what you're going to talk about next. Smellovision. Yeah, which will again further help enhance the virtual reality experience by letting you smell what you're seeing. Can they really do that justice, though? I mean, is the technology there to really recreate a significant number of different smells? Well, I get the idea, like, oh, burning or, you know, or, or fl- walking, flowers. Yeah. <laughs> the two things I was thinking that you yeah. smell. And is the burning because everything's overheating? Or to, <laughs> that's the easiest one <laughs> yeah. for them to, to recreate. And what kind of consumables are involved? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, how often the, would you yeah. have to change that? Well, it'd be just like any... Um, thing you plug in, like a Glade plug-in, right? You're going to have to eventually change that oh, little... one of those little Glade things you yeah. stick in? Yeah. yeah. But I, m- I imagine it's it's not as cheap and as, as easy to obtain as a Glade plug-in is. No. Um, but again, 
some of these things are experiential and if you really want to be immersed in some of this stuff you got to spend the money on all these little accessories and add-ons and hopefully that this kind of stuff works with the content that you want to consume in that space so tons of virtual reality companies here but we're still a long way away don't you think like there's just no i don't find there's any cohesion there's no kind of driving force or single no um I don't know, unifying We see a lot of thing. different weird headsets here, and we're like, okay, you're going to buy that, and then what? Like, Yeah, what are you, you, what need are you a, playing on it? You need an infrastructure, you need developers, you need like a uh, an app store, like all those things. I mean, this is a challenge that Meta has with the Quest. Uh, Which is Facebook's company. Yeah, they. I mean, they've been trying to build this out for a while. And they've been losing their shirt. They've lost $10 billion. Just in the last year. Yeah, they've spent $10 billion. And they're kind of one of the leaders, right? Yeah. Well, there's a few other companies, too. Like, some of the gaming companies have these types of things. Um, and, and like, like Valve and Steam, they, they have Steam VR, uh, and they have a, a separate headset, and there's other headsets. But PlayStation, they've got their own. Yeah, they're actually demoing the new PlayStation VR 2 here. But again, it's just so fragmented, right? Yeah. And so... If you're going to develop your own headset, you either got to buy into one of these ecosystems, like, and you can't even buy into the Meta ecosystem because it's Meta's. Yeah. Right. So then you've got to do the Steam one. Steam is a gaming kind of engine, um, but I don't know. It's just it's crazy. We're gonna to have to take uh, another break here. Uh, you're tuned into the App Show. We are down in Las Vegas. When we come back, a few more uh, mobile gadgets. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show, Mike and John here. Uh, Interesting, uh, in Las Vegas, we're traveling and roaming on our smartphones. Uh, came across a really interesting company, Celatech. Yeah, ironically, they were sitting uh, at the table beside us at lunch. And uh, we recognized them when we saw them at, at a booth at an event. And they they don't sell to consumers, but they sell uh, an eSIM platform that works globally. So the idea is when you go to, say, Expedia or Air Canada in the near future, when you're adding all those extra things onto your vacation, like rental car and you know checked bags and that kind of stuff, you can actually have your own SIM card, eSIM card, digitally sent to you so that you have uh, a roaming package while you're traveling yeah and you know if you haven't checked this out yet the, the roaming rates are just going sky high again you know when they first came out remember they were super high then the carriers brought them down to like i think five or seven dollars yeah a day which okay in the u.s it was yeah kind of reasonable now it's about twelve dollars yeah like what the heck yeah so we, we've been talking about eSIMs for a while, and these guys were uh, very nice and gave us uh, some free eSIMs to try out the service. And so far, it's been fantastic. It's actually been uh, as good or better than the Aerolo that we've been using before. Yeah, so if you've got one of the newer model phones, especially on the iPhone side, uh, most of the new um, Android, you know, the Samsungs and stuff, they've got eSIM capability built into it. Explore it a bit. You can save yourself a truckload of uh, money. And it's, it's, it's so simple to get it up. And, and it seems to work just about any... Any country you can get an eSIM for now. You don't have to like acquire a physical SIM. It's a simple like they'll send you a text message. You click a link, and it'll just install itself. It configures itself. Yeah, that's all the time we have left. Uh, don't forget to tune into our sister show, Get Connected. It's up on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. It's on every Saturday across the Chorus Radio Network. And uh, in this previous show we just did uh, yesterday on Get Connected, it was all about CES as well, talking about all the, the latest car tech and smart home tech. Uh, you got to check it out. I want to thank John for helping put the show together. We'll see you again next time.